Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I'm so excited to be with you guys here today. Uh, It is my honor and privilege to be able to share the word with you guys today. Happy 5th of July. I know half of you guys just rolled out of bed. You need to get up and get yourself a second cup of coffee because if not, you're going to fall asleep in about 30 minutes. And that'd be midway in the middle of the message. So we don't want you to do that. So make sure to grab another cup of coffee, get ready, grab a pen, uh, get ready to take some notes. Our team's going to put the control notes in the comments section there, uh, but we hope that you guys had a, a safe 4th of July, and we hope you guys are ready now for the Word of God. Before we go any further, I just want to uh, make sure that we honor uh, and appreciate our lead pastors, Pastor Josiah and Pastor Marie Silverman. I, I love them so much. They've played such an integral role in my life um, in becoming a father, becoming a husband, I mean, just becoming a man of God, not not in terms of just ministry, but just in terms of life, of living a life of, of honor, um, living a life that, that loves people, and they've always set the bar in that area. And so uh, I'm just honored, Pastor Sai and Pastor Marie, that you guys would give me the responsibility to be able to share the word today. I also want to honor my family, uh, my wife, and all of my children that allow me to do all that I can do um, and all that I am able to do uh, through the church Uh, on a daily basis. So I love you guys. Thank you guys so much uh, for just uh, allowing me and releasing your dad and your husband to be able to go and and to minister to people on a daily basis. I love you guys. Love you guys so much. And uh, without further ado, we're going to jump right into the message today. We're going to jump right into the message today. Again, the the team is going to put the control notes sheet they're going to put the control note sheet right there in the comment section. Go ahead and click that link. You'll have the points and uh, the scriptures that we're going to be reading today, that we're going to be reading and going over today so that you could track along, you could take notes, and hopefully this will equip you throughout the week to continue to love God and continue to love people. Come on, you guys ready? Let's jump right into the word today um, as we get ready. We're going to be continuing our seasons uh, series that Pastor Josiah has been leading us through. And uh, the the theme scripture of the series is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 and 2, and Pastor Louis made reference to it. It says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. At the end of the day is there are certain seasons that are necessary. There are certain seasons that we have to go through. There are certain seasons that we cannot avoid, okay, that we cannot avoid. If we're going to be who God has called us to be, if we're going to achieve all of the things that God has called us to achieve, the destiny, the purpose, if we're going to raise up world changers, if we're going to raise up respectable men and women, for those of you that are parents, if we're going to have a marriage that honors God and we're going to see people rise up and we're going to see the best of humanity rise up, then we have to understand that there are certain seasons that we cannot avoid and certain seasons that we are going to have to go through in order for God to be able to bring all of those things to fruition. Now, I want to refer to a passage of Scripture out of the book of Exodus, and we're going to be journeying a little bit through chapters 13 and 14 today, and I believe that it is a... uh, 
prevalent text for us and in the current season that we now find ourselves in in 2020. Just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory before we jump into Exodus 13, is during this time, the Israelites had just been freed. They had just been freed from slavery, okay? They had been in the land of Egypt where they were thriving and they were doing well, and then the Egyptians got a little jealous, and so they began to oppress the Israelites. They began to oppress the Israelites, so God sends Moses to go and lead them out, to go and lead them out of Egypt. We're going to pick it up here in chapter 13, starting in verse 17. It says that when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham, and on the edge of the wilderness, and on the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Did not depart from before the people. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, it says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared Greatly, they feared greatly and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Let us pray. And then I'm a minister, a message that I've entitled, Can You Hear Me Now? Message I've entitled, Can You Hear Me Now? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the word that you're going to bring today, Father God, we pray. For all those that are tuned in today, Lord, may you open up their eyes, their eyes of understanding. May you pour out wisdom and revelation onto them, Lord God. May your Holy Spirit consume them from the inside out, Lord God. And may we all grow closer to you here today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody say amen, amen. Well, hey, uh, we're, we're, going, we're going to jump right in. You might see behind me, I did invite some of the worship team to be up here with us today. For those of you who didn't know, this is my cousin Sarah right here as well. And for all the parents out there, I just want to encourage you because we actually grew up in church together, running around. She was a little bit more connected than I was. I was kind of the one that was just there because I had to be there running around. But it worked out for both of us because now... We get to serve in the same church still, doing God's work together uh, 20 plus years later. So trust me, keep praying for your children. Keep bringing them to the house of God, even when they don't want to come to the house of God, even when you feel like, well, they're not even paying attention. They're just running around. It's okay. Trust me. They are getting something. We're here. We are living 
proof of it. Um, this season, again, ha- has been tough. We've been, we've been isolated to a certain extent, but not all, I don't want to say that, I don't want to demonize this entire season, okay? We need to understand that, that God is still in control of the season that we currently find ourselves in. Have we maybe been able to use some of the freedoms that we're used to? Have we been able to just get up and go? Have we been able to get up and just go to whatever restaurant we want to and be able to go to the park? And have we been able to do some of those things? No, we haven't, but there have also been some positives. I know for me um, and for my family, we've been definitely, we definitely have been able to, let me say it a little bit better. We definitely have been able to take advantage of some of the family time at home, you know, uh, daily dinners at the table all together that if we're all honest, don't happen on a regular basis when we got work and the hustle and bustle and sports and going to practice and going to games and we got this and we got that. And we got all of these different events that we have to go to that just having that family time sometimes can be sacred. And on this quarantine time, it's, it's given us some time as a family to be able to bond, to be able to be intentional, to be able to spend that time together. I know one of the things that I've been able to do is introduce my boys. I got three boys and a girl. Uh, we, the girl was just, Hope was just born in March. And so I got four um, and we're definitely not having any more. I could promise you that. But our old, my older three boys, they are, uh, Uriah's gonna be six, Jedediah just turned four and Micah is two and a half. Um, and I've been able to really connect with them and share with them some of my favorite childhood memories. And so any of you that know me personally, you know that I love sports, okay? I love sports. It is what I, when I'm not in church and doing ministry, I am staying connected with sports, just seeing what's going on. Um, and so during this time, I've been able, we've been having family movie nights. My, my boys are like in the stage where they just love family movie nights. We pop some popcorn and we watch family movies. And so I've been able to share with them. I've been able to give an impartation, if you would say, <laughs> to my children on my favorite sports movies as a child when I was growing up. So we've watched movies like, like The Sandlot. We've watched movies like Little Giants. Um, and we, I introduced our kids to Space Jam and, and, and Michael Jordan and all of that stuff. And then one of the, the last movies that we just watched was another basketball movie. It's called Like Mike. And, and, and again, we're watching this movie and, and my son Jedediah, he says something crazy to me. He says something crazy. And he says, Dad, is Michael Jordan real? And I'm like, well, of course Michael Jordan's real. And he says, but I can't see him. I've never seen him. So in Jedediah's mind, there was no way that Michael Jordan could possibly be real because he hadn't seen him with his own eyes. I haven't seen him. We've never been in the same room together. So there's no way Michael Jordan could be real. And, you know, for me, God just always speaks to me at the weirdest times. I, I will be driving down the street and my wife will say something. I'll be like, oh, that's a message there. And so Jedediah is like, I don't see him, dad. How, how, could he, how could he possibly be real? And as silly as that may sound, most of us would say, well, of course, Michael Jordan is real. You don't need him to be right here standing in the same room to know that he is real. He's just real. But it got me thinking of our current level of faith right now. In this current season, is our level of faith at a place where I can't see God moving, so maybe he's not real. I can't see God's 
I can't see that God is moving, so maybe he doesn't care about me. I can't see that God is moving, so maybe he's not really that invested into my life as I thought he was. Maybe the plans that I thought he had for me, maybe the purpose that I thought he was working out for me, it's, it's, it's really not there after all because I don't see it right here, right now. Israel was in a season where their trust was being established. You see, God had led them out of Egypt and he gave them a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he said, all you gotta do is follow that. If all you do is follow the cloud and follow the fire, you'll be good. But then they got to a moment, they got to a scenario Another situation that seemed inevitable to them. They're now on the cusp of the Red Sea. And Pharaoh and his people are chasing after them. And all they see is a sea of water with no bridge. And Pharaoh's people coming towards them. And it says that they were struck with great fear. They were struck with great fear. You see, they had forgotten. They had forgotten that they were protected coming out of Egypt with no army. They had forgotten that there had been plagues released in Egypt that did not affect them. But now, now they're in a, another situation. They're in a different season, if you might will. And they can't see the way out, so they begin to question God's plan for their life they begin to question if God is really with them. They begin to question if God is going to do what Moses had said God was going to do for them. They had now come into a season where they felt like, man, maybe we were bamboozled in this whole situation. Maybe, maybe what we thought was God was, was really just man. Or maybe, maybe we, we should have just taken the logo. Maybe we should have just stayed there. But you see, he's there even when we don't see him. He is there even when we don't see him. You see what the Israelites were looking for in that moment and in that situation, they're looking for a lifeline. Like many, for, many of us over this, this last four months, we've been like, God, just give me a sign. God, give me a dream. Let me see a birdie fly over my car or something, God. Let me, let me just see a sign on the freeway on my way home that would just let me know that, God, you're still with me. That was Israel. They're on the cusp of the Red Sea. Pharaoh's coming after them. And they're like, God, just give us a lifeline. Just give us a sign. It's kind of like that show uh, back when, again, I'm dating myself. And I'm really not that old. I don't like to think that I'm that old. But the show, when I was a kid growing up, it was called, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And when I was growing up, it was like, if you answer all of these questions and you get them all correctly, then you're going to win a million dollars. And they would have these things called lifelines, and there was three of them, and you could use them. And one of them was, was phone a friend. And so they would use that lifeline, and sometimes they would call their friend, and the friend had no idea the call was coming. And so the friend would just be like, he's like, hey, man, you got 90 seconds. I just need to give me all that you could possibly give me. And the friend would be like, uh, uh, uh. And not every time, not every time would the phone a friend have the right answer. 
But there were some times where even if the person on the other line didn't have the answer, what they would do is they would remind the person who was on stage, who was going through the game show, that they knew the answer. They, even, even sometimes subconsciously, where the person would be like, you know what, he didn't really give me much, but when he said this, it reminded me of this, and now I have the correct answer. See, the Israelites, they didn't need a lifeline. They didn't need somebody to give them a new answer. They had the answer. They had the cloud by day and they had the fire by night. They just needed to be reminded of why that cloud was there and why the pillar of fire was there. You see, it's the same way with us. Even though we're going through a season where we may be feeling a little isolated, we may be feeling a little distant, we may be feeling like, like, like God, where are you? is we have to know that Jesus is still the answer that he was yesterday. Jesus is still the answer that he was in 2019. Jesus is still the answer that he was when he led you into salvation. He's still the answer when he, he's still the same answer that he answered when you prayed that prayer four years ago and you're like, God, if you do this one thing, I'll never question you again. That was the Israelites. They're like, God, if you just get us out of Egypt, we'll never question you again. And then they stepped into a new season. See, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, in this world, you're going to face trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world. See, God was already cooking up the master plan for Israel. He was five steps ahead of them, but they were frustrated because what they saw was just the prelude. What they saw was just, they hadn't even got into chapter one yet. And I just feel that, that for some of you, you haven't even got to chapter one yet. Don't stop in the prelude. The prelude is meant to set the context, it's meant to set the story, to set the narrative for what God is going to continue to do. So don't give up now in the prelude before God's even got to chapter one. The story hasn't even begun for you. God's just unfolding some things. He's just unfolding some things. Because as we go back to Exodus chapter 14 and we get to chapter 15, it says, or to chapter 14 verse 15, it says, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand, and the sea, and it will divide. And the people of Israel may go through, through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host and his chariots and his horsemen. You see, the people of Israel, they thought it was just about them. They're like, God, you got to just keep us safe. Why would you lead us to this dead end? God's like... I led you to a dead end so that they'll know who I am. You already know who I am, but I want them to know who I am. I want them to know my power. I want them to know my strength. But if I give you the easy way out, like I could have, it says in chapter 13 that he could have given them the closest way and the fastest route, but he wanted to lead them through the wilderness. If I would have given you the easy way out, then they wouldn't have known my power. But because you trusted me, because you followed me, because you said that prayer, because you said, God, I will give you my life. Now I've led you to a moment where I need your life. Where I need your life, not for your own sake, but for where I need your life so that others would give me glory through you. So where others would give me glory through you. But pastor, I feel like this happens all the time. Or why is this happening at this stage of my life? I feel like at this point, I should just be in cruise control. Well, man of God, woman of God, consider this an intermission. Okay, what you thought was going to be 
the home stretch, what you thought was going to be, to be the landing point for your life, God is going to use as a launching pad for the next season of your life. What you thought was finished, what you thought was good, God says can get better. God says it's going to get better, but you have to continue to trust in me because even when you don't see me, I'm still there. So how do we stay connected? How do we stay connected in an isolated season? How do we stay connected in an isolated season? Well, point number one is we have to make sure there's no roaming. We have to make sure there is no roaming. I want to go back to chapter 14, verse 10. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the, peop, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to bring us out of Egypt? You see, it was in this situation, it was in this next season of their life where they found themselves like my four-year-old son, Jedediah, who was like, well, I don't, I see Michael Jordan, I see the TV clips, but I don't see him right here. So I've seen what he's done before in history, but because he's not right here in this moment, then he can't be real. And the Israelites are like, we know what he's done for us before, but we can't feel him right now. We can't hear him right now. We can't see him right now. So it must not be real. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever thought that. Maybe you haven't thought that. Maybe you've just been full of faith this entire time. You guys all been full of faith this entire time. I never had that, never had that thought. You never had, never had that question. You guys are better than me. You guys wanna preach? Dare you wanna preach? No, just kidding. But maybe, maybe you've been in that season. Maybe you find yourself in that season where you're like, God, you're not right here right now. Therefore, you can't be real. You see, the cloud and the fire, it never left. The cloud was still there by day and the fire was still there by night. The cloud never went anywhere. But yet, the people still felt distant. The people still felt distant. Can I assert to you that God is always present with us? God is never distant. We can be the one that grow distant. God is never distant. God is always there. Perhaps we've just been the one to grow distant. James 4, 8 puts it this way. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And Psalm 46, one says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help, a very present help in our trouble, in our trouble. God hasn't gone anywhere, church. He is still right where he was at the beginning of this pandemic. He's still right where he was at the beginning of the racial injustice. He's still at the right where he was at the beginning of all of this tension. The question that we now have to ask is if God hasn't moved, where have I been going? Better yet, where have I been roaming? Where's my mind been roaming? Where have my words been roaming? 
Where's my social media been roaming? I'll put it, I'll put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. I was having a conversation. I've actually had this conversation with a few people over this time, and it's what kind of helped to build this message. But your phone service, okay, your phone service, whether you got Verizon or T-Mobile or AT&T or whatever it is that you got, your phone service will not disconnect on you. Verizon's not going to wake up one day and be like, you know what, today we're just going to cut Daryl's service off today. We're going to cut Jonathan's service off today. You know what? We just feel like not having any service for Jonathan or Daryl today. Verizon won't do that. AT&T won't do that. T-Mobile won't do that. None of these companies will do that. However, if Daryl doesn't pay his bill, I'm picking on Daryl today. It's okay. <laughs> Daryl's the best man at my wedding, so I get to, I get to pick on him. If Daryl doesn't pay his bill, then guess what Verizon's gonna do? Verizon's gonna disconnect your service. You're gonna go and make a call. It's gonna be like, beep, beep. People are gonna try to call you. They're gonna be like, you have reached a number that is no longer in service. Y'all have heard that before. But Verizon or your phone company is not gonna cut the service off just because they feel like it. They're gonna cut the service off because a bill wasn't paid. Now, our relationship with God is not transaction-based, so, so don't get it twisted. It's not like if you do X, Y, and Z, then you have relationship with God. We have relationship with God only because he sent his only begotten son to, be, to die on the cross, to raise again and live forevermore. So therefore, we have an everlasting Savior that we have constant uh, relationship with. The question is, are we drawing near? If you feel like the service has been disconnected, it's not because Jesus cut the service off on you. It's not because Jesus broke the relationship on you. If you feel like there's no service between you and Jesus, it's simply because you haven't paid the bills in your spiritual relationship with Jesus. Jesus is never going to disconnect the service on you. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are we drawing near? Are we drawing near? near. And I know it's, it sounds cliche and it sounds redundant, but I will allow it to continue to be redundant until the end of time. But if you are not reading your Bible and you are not praying, then you cannot expect to hear from God. And for those of you that are like, well, I'm confused as to what God is saying. Well, have you read your scripture today? Have you read your Bible today? Because we cannot beg God to speak to us verbally or in dreams or in visions or with little birdies, but not be willing to read the word that he has already given to us over 2,000 years ago. That has not changed. That has not changed in a world, in a world where laws change and policies change and morals seem to change. The Bible has not changed. Some of the words, some of the verbiage may have been adapted because we have a better understanding of the Hebrew language or the Aramaic language or the Greek language, but the message of the scripture has not changed. That Jesus came, he died, he rose again, and he lives forevermore. So I, if the service is disconnected, I help you this. I help you this? What does that even mean? Sometimes we preachers, we just say the weirdest things sometimes, and we just got to call ourselves out on it. But if you feel like the service is disconnected, the question I have for you is, is your Bible open? Is your Bible open? Because this is direct access 
This is his word that is living and breathing for us here today. You see, there's too many people walking around right now that are angry with God, turning their backs on God. They feel like God has forgotten about them. But if God hasn't moved, if God hasn't moved, then maybe, just maybe, we're the ones that have moved. Because even when we can't see him, he's still there. Even when we can't see him, he is still there. I believe right now some of you are walking around angry. You're going to work angry. You're sitting at your dinner table angry. You're angry at your parents. You're angry at teachers. You're angry at the governor. You're angry at the president. You're angry at whoever will allow you to be angry at them. But I have this assertion. Is maybe you're angry because your humanity, your humanity desperately wants to give up on God, but your spirit won't let you. Your humanity desperately wants to just be like, you know, I'm just going to walk away from all of this. But your spirit inside of you won't let you. It's like my early 20s, 18, 19, 20, 21, where it's just like, God, why can't I just party like everybody else and not have to think about you when I go to sleep? Because my humanity so desperately wanted to say, just go without a care. But my spirit was like, no, there's something that's so much greater in you that I can't let you just walk away from. I won't let you just roam. I've created you for so much more than that. I've created you for so much more than that. So if you feel like, well, God, I don't, I don't feel like God's hearing me or I don't feel like I hear from him. You're like, maybe, you know, it'd be easier if I had a cloud by day or a pillar of fire by night. Well, you have something the Israelites didn't have. You have the Holy Spirit that lives within you. The Israelites didn't have the Holy Spirit living within them. The Israelites didn't have open access to their father in heaven. They had to go through Moses. And I'll assert that some of the things that God has brought you out of, some of the things that God has broken in your life is more powerful than any cloud by day and any pillar of fire by night. The question is, are we hearing him? Are we putting ourselves in proximity? Are we putting ourselves in position to have relationship with him? Point number two. Point number two, how do we stay connected in an isolated season. So we have to understand that God has us fully equipped. God has us fully equipped. When you are connected spiritually, he connects you physically, mentally, emotionally, and practically, and practically. I want to bring you back to a scripture because I have to in Exodus chapter 13. Okay, Exodus chapter 13, verse 18. It says, but God led the people by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. He equipped them for battle. I was reading this last night, again, just going over my notes and this part stood out to me because as they came out of Egypt, the Bible literally tells us that the Israelites had been equipped for battle. But then they get to the Red Sea and what happens? They're scared. 
They're scared. They're scared of Pharaoh. They were equipped for battle. And then the battle came and they didn't know what to do with it. You've been equipped for battle. Right now is not the time to, to be in great fear. Not to, not, right now is not the time to, to look for a self-help book. You have been fully equipped for this season. God has given you his spirit. He has given you his word. He has given you his presence. He has protected you from things that, you don't even, that you're not even aware of. Now's not the time to sit and be like, God, where are you? God's like, I've been with you this entire time. And I know maybe you've, you've faced some financial strain and some of you have maybe felt, felt some, some health strain and some of you that are, that are compromised, you feel like the restrictions have been even tighter on you. But understand that God has fully equipped you for this season. And if he has fully equipped you for this season, then the question is not, God, where are you? The question is, God, how do you want me to use these tools that you've placed in my hands? The Bible tells us in Ephesians 1.3, we've been going through our Ephesians, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That as you journey through this season, he's given you every spiritual blessing that you need. Peace, it's there for you. Joy, it's there for you. Wisdom, it's there for you. Revelation, it's there for you. Love, it's there for you. Mercy, it's there for you. Forgiveness, it is there for you. God is fully equipped us for the journey that is at hand, for the season that we're in, for the season that we're about to step into. God has fully equipped us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it, to endure it. If you're looking for an easy way out, let me break the news to you. There is no easy way out. There's no easy way out in life. Maybe feel like, well, why can't I just wake up and then do nothing all day and then go back to sleep? Well, well, you can do that, but you'll have nothing in life. So if you're going to do anything, whether for God, or for your own benefit or for your family's benefit, guess what? You're going to have to endure some things. But this is the promise. This is the presence. This is the cloud by day and the fire by night that no temptation will be presented to you that is beyond your ability to overcome it. Because the presence of God is with you. Last point, we'll come to a close. How do we stay connected in an isolated season? We have to stand firm and stop complaining. We have to stand firm and stop complaining. And I say that the nicest and most gentle way I possibly can. And, and I'm not trying to minimize anybody's hurt. Okay, so please, please understand me. 
this is, this is not the, that is not the point of, of, of the verse or of the point here. Not the point of the point. See, I told you, we say the weirdest things sometimes. The Bible tells us in Exodus 14, verse 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. You have only to be silent. Now, I want to put this in context for you because sometimes we'll use this scripture and, and it, is a great, it is a great verse that reminds us that God is in control and that God is with us and that nothing can overtake us if God before us. But when God says this, he doesn't respond to this out of nowhere. Like the people weren't praying and asking God to come and intervene. And then God says, just be silent and I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry. You guys just go ahead and mind your own business and I'll, and I'll handle it for you. Like that, that wasn't the context of the conversation that was being had. The context of the conversation that was being had is what we just went over where they're like, God, where are you? What happened to you? You brought us out here to die now? That, that sounds like a complaint to me. Why don't you go ahead and give it to my HR person? We'll take care of it. That's, that sounds like a complaint, right? Am, am, I, am I the only one? No. Sounds like a complaint, right? God, where are you? You brought us out here to die. You should have just let us die where we were. Sounds like ungratefulness. Sounds like complaining. And God says, all you got to do is just be quiet. Just stop complaining. Stop complaining. It says, the Lord will fight for you. Verse 13, it says, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. And then I love how he tells Moses, he says, Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. See, we have to understand, church, is we are fully equipped. And when you're fully equipped, that's the time to stand firm. That's the time to stand firm. So has the season been easy? No. But it was the season, it is the season to stand firm. It is the season to plant ourselves in the ground and say, we are not moving. So enemy, you need to move. God's already wrote your eviction notice. God already has a plan for your demise. God already has a plan for my victory. God already has a plan for me to thrive in this season. He's already fully equipped me. So it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you say. Because I know what God already says about me and my future. You see, it's like in sports. Again, I told you I'm a sports fan. It's like in sports. Sports are now starting to come back, NBA and MLB and NFL's getting ready and all of these things. And what these teams are gonna be doing as they prepare to, as they prepare for their games and for their championship runs is they're gonna begin to practice. They're gonna have game plans that they're gonna have to study. They're going to have plays that they're going to have to prepare for. 
They're gonna, they're gonna be so prepared. This is how prepared. They're gonna be so prepared that when the, the other team throws something at them that they weren't expecting, they're already gonna know how to adjust to it. You know, the Bible gives us that. That he says, this is the way of life. But just in case the enemy throws something at you that you weren't prepared for, this is how you stand firm. Like that's what the Bible tells us to do. It teaches us how to transition. It teaches us how to audible. It teaches us how to do these things so that when the enemy comes after us, we could still stand firm. Because when these seasons re resume in sports, there's going to be a team that is a champion. And in sports, all the, the team that wins, the difference between the team that wins and the team that loses is the team that stands firm the best, they win. The team that stands firm the best, they win. Jesus stood firm on a cross. Jesus stood firm when he rose from that grave. Jesus stood firm when he ascended into heaven. He doubled down when he fully equipped all of us. He says, church, now all you have to do is stand firm. You're connected to me. You're fully equipped. Now's the time to stand your ground and understand that nothing the enemy throws at you can defeat you. Nothing the enemy throws at you can ruin the plans that I have for you. Nothing the enemy throws at you can ruin the purpose that I have for your life. But will you stand firm in my presence? Will you not forget about me? Will you continue to pursue me? Will you continue to draw near to me? Psalm 20 verse seven, it says, says it this way. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. There's gonna be different solutions and different variables. And yes, we want the curve to flat. We want all of these things to take place practically. But our trust, our trust is not in the statistics, okay? Our trust is not in the research. And don't get me wrong, science is needed, okay? Science is needed, doctors are needed. I'm not, I'm not, nullifying any of that. But understand that the people that conduct the research, they're human too, okay? They have faults. They have miscalculations. They have bad assumptions at times. They can get things wrong from time to time. So therefore our trust can't be in the chariots and the horses because sometimes the horses, they get tired. Sometimes the chariots, they lose a wheel. The covering gets blown off. But when you trust in God, when your refuge and your security and your faith is in Jesus, there is no attack of the enemy that could blow off a cover. There is no attack of the enemy that could blow out a wheel. There is no attack of the enemy that can make Jesus tired. So all we have to do is put our trust in Jesus, stand firm, pray to him, ask for his guidance, have relationship with him as the same way as if he was standing in the room. Because even when he, even when we don't see him, he is still there. Come on, somebody say amen. Type that in.
I believe God is working right now. I believe God is working through our online campus. I believe he's working in your life. We're gonna worship right now. and We'll come back and we'll pray, but I want us to go into this time of worship. And if you're out there, maybe you feel like you've been getting a busy signal from God lately. Maybe you feel like you've, your service has been interrupted. The Bible tells us that his mercy is renewed for us daily. His mercy is renewed for us daily. So when you woke up this morning, guess what was renewed in your life? Mercy. Mercy. So what do we have to do to reestablish that connection? It's simple. You just got to draw near to him. You just got to take one step closer to him today. So as we worship, I challenge you right now. Draw near to him. Maybe you've never lifted your hands in worship before. Lift your hands in worship right now. Maybe you've never sang audibly. Sing audibly right now. The world don't want you to sing, but you could sing audibly right now. Pray over that situation in your life that you're scared of right now. And pray with a, a bold faith. Don't pray what you think God would want you to pray. Don't think what you think God might do. Pray what you would want to see happen right now. Draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. Come on, let's worship. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.